0: So here's my review of Get Out. I I realise I'm years late to train on this one. Uh, train maybe party works better. Maybe even shindig. Sorry, I'm rambling. Um, I'm trying more on topic because usually with the correct emphasis, you can begin a review slowly and, like any great thriller, succinctly bid to a rousing finale. still rambling for a bit. I know. Um. In this case, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to start with what I thought about this movie. And should needless to say, I fucking love this movie. I love Get Out probably as much so as I've loved any horror movie in the last few years. I'm head of heels enamoured for this movie. I think it's great. I think it's the Dos bollocks. I think it's literally a great horror movie. And... In layman's terms, I love it, and I—I I just want to add, I don't use that word loosely. By that word, I mean love. I try not to use it too often. I'm—I'm I'm a commitment phobe here. As many many women can tell you, I am a commit phobe. I run away at the first time commitment. I which is kind of weird, because I do that, and then I think, hey, I want commitment, blah, 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 by blah, the blah, 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 wrong way, but in certain situations, certain situations, I think it can and should be used, and this is one of those situations, because I love this movie. It's just, that's it. As a disclaimer, I should probably add, no, I didn't hold much this. I know what you're thinking. In you, you review horror movies sometimes. You recap bad ones, but also, in theory, you do limitless episodes on good ones. Um, yes, I do, but I kind of have an aversion to too much hype for movies. More often than not, I don't care for critically-praised horror. I, I I, tend to feel personally, and it's just me, that the more praise it gets, the more backlash I have against it, because I feel, to a degree, horror is a slightly malign, malign genre, and I think giving something too much props or critical praise... I mean, case in point, The Babadook. People love The Babadook. Critically praised work bots box office, did all that jazz. Blah, blah. I think it's like literally watching paint dry. I'm not a fan of The Babadook at all. I think it's overhyped competence, and that's made my issue. I'm not against decent horror movies, but... And I've been guilty of this in the past myself by saying I think conjuring a great and conjuring to a great horror movie when they're not they're competent horror movies and maybe standards for my horror fallen so low that competence good enough to rise above it. But at the same time, I like, I'd never say Babadook's a bad horror movie because it's not, but it's um, definitely overhyped as far as I can see. Competence shouldn't mean that you get raised from a plateau, you know. It's just one of these things. So we're walking there for a second. Yeah, I I would do a review on Babadook at some point, and it would not be very complimentary. And same thing for it follows. I think it follows is a fine movie. I think it's good, effective. Yeah, critically raising it to the top of the horror genre is some serious bullshit. And also, I point out this point. I hate the term elevated horror. I hate it so much. It's one of the dumbest terms that some armchair horror critics come up with since some moron conceived term torture porn. If you don't know what you're talking about, just don't say these terms. They're dumb. So I didn't rush to see this, even though the horror sketches I saw in keegan Peel's sketch show were pretty great, very stylish, very well done, and clearly the two of them had an affinity of sorts for horror. And I believe they're wrote parts of that show i i get an impression they did so i did see this at the time and i skipped it even after it won the Oscar's best screenplay because let's be honest that's not necessarily achievement although having watched this movie i think it is an achievement because jesus christ this is flat out a horror movie so i wasn't read really too much into this and then hype for us started and i don't know if you guys noticed or not but i'm a massive hipster in every gazebo regard and when i start thinking hey you know us is getting some pipe, why not go back and watch get out you know which was my plan but then i saw us last weekend you know and um maybe excuse skews things a tad seeing us first it's like seeing the sophomore entry and then the first entry you know, it's because uh, then I'm not grading Get Out. It's like, it's weird. I don't grade it's the first movie because it's the second one I saw. So I'm sort of flipping it a bit differently, um, to be honest. Because a lot of the things that, um, I don't know how to phrase it really. Anyway, um, I won't even try phrasing it. No. I'll get to us later and I will give my thoughts on Get Out now. I think if I would sum up Get Out in one word, it would be painful. And know what you're thinking. Oh, it's painful to watch. Ah, oh, did you really like it then? I just won't say it was painful in terms of that similar aesthetic, not exactly the same, but similar to watching cringe comedy where you can enjoy it, you can laugh at it, but you're always reminded that it's, it's slightly uncomfortable to watch, but by design. You could remove all of the fantastical aspects from this movie. It would still be a horror movie which was in the on senses and also incredibly fucked up to watch because a lot of the most terrifying messed up things in this movie are not fantastical. It's the ideas behind... Not even the ideas, it's the undercurrent... Or not even uncurrent, it's the current of racism per, between, permeating movie and reactions to the character of Chris. So I think best way to describe this movie is, it hurts. It hurts because it's truth, and cinema should always be truth, but this is truth on truth. This is mind that racism in all forms is still prevalent in society, from vocal hatred of the moronic far right, the offensive notion that race automatically grants a genetic advantage or, some would put it, a slight more liberal standpoint where they try and overcompensate for racism of past by maybe being a bit casually racist in the present. And while that is very uncomfortable to watch, and it is incredibly uncomfortable to watch, it's not unnecessary, but also signifier of a cinematic voice in Jordan Peele that's going to shape the future of horror by embracing past fuel the present. And that's a long way of saying that Jordan Peele is a fucking astounding director. I don't think there can be any doubt about that. Nowhere is the point just made more evident in psychiatry scene where Missy played by Catherine Keener hypnotises Chris. And I'm going to if you spare with me a sec, I won't make sure I say Chris, the actor who played Chris's name prop. They'll probably get it wrong. It's Daniel Kalua. Apologise if I get that wrong. He is an amazing actor. He, I really good actor. In that in this scene, shit. Sure, I should probably say spoilers from this point. The rest review. We're going to have spoilers. The scene has shades of Silence of Lambs. A terrifying scene where we slowly see Missy's facade drop as she breaks Chris down with a horrific display of verbal tap dancing and manipulation. And that's something that does harken back to a movie like Science of Lambs. Obviously, this is a different movie, Science of Lambs, don't want to say it's the same thing, but in some regards, it's got a very similar feel to it in certain sequences. It's This scene in particular is a really great scene, which on paper might seem a tad flat. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad, badly written scene because it's not, but a lot of times when reading the script, either you'll impart your own visualisation on it or you won't impart any visualisation because you're creatively bankrupt or sometimes you can't imagine how the scene would come across. Jordan Peele clearly is right director knew exactly how he wanted scene come across and worked with F1 involved in movie cinematographers... Casting, crew, makeup, all of that good jazz. But on screen, the scene's chilling, and it's chilling because it doesn't have any jump scares, which is good. The movie does have jump scares because it's a horror movie and you've got to have a couple, but it doesn't boggle down too much into them. I like that word, by the way, boggle. It's just two great actors working with a visual homage, which actually adds to the tension rather than subtracts. A lot of times references are done just to reference something. This is actually used to create a feeling of dread. Because everyone can remember those scenes from Sides of Lambs with Hannibal Lecter, Blake Bankney, Hopkins terrorising Clarice Starling played by Joey Foster. And even in the psychiatry scenes where Hannibal this bring her down bit by bit and she's letting her safely broke down get to truth, you get a real sense of horror intention, and, and uncomfortableness, you know? You feel like you're watching a therapy session, which is not a very comfortable thing to watch. And this movie can phase that quite nicely. But also by playing fact that Chris does not want to give any this information up, he's manipulated into it, both via words, and via slightly fantastical element, namely the teacup, essentially he's forced to confront truths he does not want to confront, front, and then forced into a place of segregation where he's looking up at actions and he can't control. We live in an age where horror often resorts to cheap tricks rather than creative illusions. This movie uses illusions to put audiences in Chris's head, which is an impressive feat because I am an extremely white human being. I've Luckily, never, I say luckily, I don't think anyone's ever experienced the sort of racism Chris has, but I'm very privileged because I don't experience that. So I can, to a degree, relate to a degree, I guess, because it's basic human empathy, but at the same time, I don't understand. No one in my position can understand terror and someone like Chris feels, where he goes to a party and there's casual racism everywhere. You know, like people who aren't trying to be racist, but in trying to not be racist, are being extremely fucking racist. Jordan Peele's trick, not trick, illusion, masterstroke, is to put us in Chris's perspective by portraying Chris as a, um, in some regard, you would say, tad generic. I'd say very human. You know, Chris is just, is portrayed just as a nice guy, as a human being, who obviously has Things above and beyond, you know, he's not just a flat character, but at the same time, he's an entry point character to an extent. And by making him so relatable, when we see racism that befalls him, it's even more shocking than if it would have just happened to him. You know, we like Chris, we res- relate to him, and seeing the shit he goes through from the police officer through the parties to all rich white people, even through. The Mr., Tino, the Japanese businessman who torments him a bit by and a really racist question it's just a really it's really uncomfortable but a very necessary scene, and so see so you can count racism then times kinds even we start realizing that his numbness is actually one of the most terrifying parts of the movie. The fact is useless shit it's fucking horrifying. Not doing too much on this, but Get out" is a very important movie in that it uses genre to raise a necessary message while never forgetting that it is at heart a horror movie because I clearly get the sense that John Peel loves horror, which I credit him for because he, you get the impression that he could have made this as a drama and it would have been very good drama, but he made a horror movie and he embraced the nature, nature of the medium. One, tricky, sorry, one critique could be that movies heavily, heavily and very much unsubtle. I would point out that you're in wrong genre if you want subtle. Horror is not subtle. Horror is the reality and fantasy of your deepest, darkest fears realised on screen. That's not subtle. It should never be subtle. My favourite thing about Get Out is using the tropes of horror as weapons to add different dynamic to the horror genre. It's similar to Candyman, a slasher movie that's rooted in culture and history and experiences that went beyond the cultural norms. Now, a lot of horror movies, a of slasher movies, date with characters, you get Dracula occasionally, but most of the time you get characters like Jason or Freddy Krueger or Mike Miles or even Jigsaw, who are characters rooted in terribly white, cons- white? people concerns and issues and get out is unique because I get the impression that it's specifically targeting uh part of American society who don't necessarily get to see horror movies that reflect their experiences growing up and terror should reflect all experiences. All cultures should be able to have horror movies made by directors from those cultures that portray a specific idea of horror because Singmar should be inviting to everyone. Every aspect of society should be allowed and have the chance to make horror movies that reflect their experiences. And I, for one, find this movie even more terrifying because racism is obviously very prevalent in society, but to watch it capitalized on screen like this, it's fucking bone-chilling, guys. Unique experiences shape Sinmar and Peel uses this unique experiences from his life and lives of other people to create a type of horror which is somewhat alien to a guy like me who i I can walk down the street looking for a house without being worried about racial assault, so be jammed in chris's perspective is something where you're watching it and you're feeling like you're infringing a tad, I think, but at the same time it's like I've been saying many times before, it's terrifying. It's actually terrifying. Because after all, horror is reality and perception. Peel forces us to feel plight of Chris, using a nice normal, genuine character's as means to explore the story, both fucked up in terms of fantasy, I mean it deals with brain swapping fuck's sake. And reality. I mean the concept being forced servitude obviously there's fantastical elements to it, but the fact that these Characters like, um, oh Jesus, I'm terrible with names of characters in movies. Oh shit, is it Winston or fuck? I'm awful with characters' names in movies and just, oh, right, cats like Walter, Georgina, and Andre, and really fucked up shit that deep down, the original people. The original personalities are in there, but they're trapped beneath in sunken place, which is obviously a slightly sci fi terminology. But trapped inside place and have to watch these white people body hopping and taking their bodies and using those vessels. That's fucked up. And I think Poole succeeds at this. But I think at the same time, he remembers he's gone making an entertaining movie. You can make a movie with a message, but if you really want it to hit the mass, maximum audience possible to have a side effect, it needs to be entertaining. It needs to be a genuinely gripping, good, entertaining movie. And this movie has a right sense of humour with Rod, who's one of my favourite characters in recent memory in horror movies. Rod, who revels in make, noting its absurdities, absurdities in movie's logic, and at all points doing smart thing. With this character peel subverts' expectations by having Rod react to the movie and movie react to Rod to create a chess like dynamic that stems any lows that might have occurred in plot otherwise. If Chris is shaped by plot, and he is, the movie breaks Chris down to the base elements, then Rod in turn shapes the plot. It's quite an interesting dynamic. Which is fancy of saying no, I love this fucking movie. It's easily one of my favourite horror movies in recent memory. It's weird, funny, amazing, pro- with amazing progression of tension, chilling, twisty, and possessive of a barnstorming final act with a perfect ending that may be wished for theming. But sometimes, just sometimes, it's nice for a movie of a strong message list, such as this one to go for a more of a movie ending to mind us now. As escapism can be a powerful weapon in its own right. So that's my review of Get Out. Um, I fucking love this movie. I would definitely recommend it. I would say it's one of the best horror movies I've seen in a long time. And having seen Us first, I obviously know how, what happens in Us. And I'll be getting on to that in a few minutes. But Get Out is a masterpiece in its own right. And I'm glad I finally got around to watching it and I think I'll probably be watching again again in the near future but for now I think I would just say Get Out does not need to get out of cinema we need more movies like Get Out we need more good horror movies we need more horror movies with a very strange premise but tackled with class because class it's not often it's save them seeing horror nowadays save them seeing guys Hello, I'm back and it's time for my review of us. Um where do you start the movie like us having saying this is a very, very weird movie? <laughs> um yeah, I I I tend to get a kick out of mainstream movies and have such a such a bizarre dynamic uh, conventions to them. Um a dynamic that force a, for lack of a better word, trippy experience from your audience? I certainly wasn't high when I saw this movie, but points I was imagining, you know, the weirdness and the abstractness of it. What it would it be like if you were high? Because it's quite surreal anyway. It's a movie that lures you in with the simple and then shatters you with macabre. And I quite like that phrase. I'm going to use it more often. Anyway, this, that describes us ushing ushing in a nutshell, because this is a weird fucking movie. Which I saw before Get Out, by the way, but I'm reviewing after Get Out. Weird, you know. Anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, Get Out is one of my favourite recent horror movies. I wait, sorry, nope, I already reviewed Get Out. That was earlier. Need to shit. Need to morph back on topic. I like us. Um, I, I, I obviously like you guys, but I like us as in the movie. I like it a lot. But I don't think I love it now stick with me here a few minutes as this is a review and it's going to tell a story and by end I'm sure that my perspective would change and deepen hmm, that reminds me of something anyway us is the second movie from Jordan Peele does it void the sophomore slump yes yes it does and I know what you're wondering Ian what the fuck is the sophomore slump well, I can phrase that in a simple way by saying sophomore slump, for those who don't know, is a cinematic term relating to the chance of director's second movie for lack of term, shit in bed. An example of this is proven by Richard Kelly's career. Richard Kelly, as some of you will know, some of you won't, is the director who directed Donnie Darko, and directed Donnie Darko, which is actually one kind of my favourite kind weird abstract in-movies of the 2000s. Very good movie. Comes through Piroesca points, great script and of course by good movie i'll talk about the original version not director's cut director's cut is terrible and proof that sometimes a director shouldn't have full say about movie but anyway richard k went from the acclaimed Donnie darko to the utterly as in nine southland tales and i don't know if you guys have seen southland tales i'll probably get to at some point in this podcast but for lack of better phrase it's clown shoes it's um a movie which needed a three-part graphic novel to understand, and I actually own that graphic novel, and it doesn't explain shit. It's his attempt to make movies frame Brazil, but it doesn't work. Another example could be Kevin Smith going from Clerks, which was claimed to More Rats, although I would dispute this. I actually like More Rats. I think it's a movie which has gone a lot shit in recent not recent shit in recent years. When it came out, got a lot of shit. But just watch garbage that came out in the late 90s. I mean, the Fowley, some of the Lee Brothers stuff, like, is terrible. You know? Stick with me, all that shit. And I'd even I'd get something about Mary. I don't think that's a very good movie, to be honest. I think more rats has a heart and weirdness and is somewhat endearing in present age and just, unfortunately, came out a few years too early. Anyway... Us is not an example of a sophomore slum. It is, however, a movie that demands more thought than Get Out. I don't mean that as criticisms. Get Out, Get Out is great. One thought it's a really good horror movie, but Get Out is about what it's about. Whereas Us is dealing with layers, like an onion. Ogres have layers. Us have layers and the perspective to true perspective concept. Which by which I mean, when you're learning to write scripts, you talk about character. Character is what character does. True character is who a character is underneath. For example, Tony Stark in the Iron Man movies is portrayed at first as a being a Playboy dilettante, but underneath. He's a good man who wants to do the right thing. And those two aspects clash against each other. It's one thing that they do so well in Marvel movies with the concept of futurism. Tony Stark being able to see future and try to amend it is a result of his experiences. Deep down he wants to save the wind, but he's doing too much. He needs to lay, let back, you know? Let things happen. This movie actually reminds me of Inception in that regard. I can explain that in a second. I didn't think much of Inception when I first saw it. It began so hit me that it was a damn fine movie, one that required a long period of compilation and rewatches and real depth and shading that wasn't inherently there. And now Inception's one of my favourite movies. I watch it a lot. I watch it on trains because I like mess people's heads. But I think sometimes the movies you enjoy most, the movies that you have to really watch again and again, and then s- slowly you realise that movies that you think from the start, this is a classic. Classic aren't necessarily movies that you think are classic in the long run. You know, it's like sometimes your best friends might be people you meet and click with straight away, or it might be people you meet because you've sat at a table with other people and you're top shouted out to move tables, move tables, and then you meet them and just hang out our kids and shit. Anyway, this all sounds like I'm saying us is bad. It's not bad. It's great. But from here on in, spoilers would be prevalence. You can't discuss this movie without going in spoilers. So there you go. I have beer. Don't want to be spoiled. I'm going to go full spoiler territory. Don't want any spoilers. Stop listening. I will jam wrong to 6 minutes 30, which is about 17 seconds from now. I'm still listening after that point. I'll leave the spoiler tag in the review summary. But hey, you shouldn't be listening if you don't want to spoil it, because why would you need my opinion? Us is great, but now I'm spoiler's gonna come in play. Okay, good, got it. Right, I'll turn the page in my notebook. Stu here, good, because what the fuck about this movie, am I right? I like I I knew this movie had like ganners, but man, they go hard on weirdness. Just create a continual sense of dread from Home Invasion 1 through the chase through Home Invasion 2 and ending down an escalator into fucking Fraggle Rockland. Jesus Christ, shit gets crazy, guys. And it stays intense, and that's what separates a good horror movie or a terrible horror movie from a good one from a great one. It has to stay intense. And us stays intense. Jordan Peele is a boss taking a uh, potentially see premise and making it distinctly non-goofy. It's not necessarily grounding realism because this is not a very realistic movie. It's just making it hurt. It should hurt to watch. Sh- characters should suffer. Take scene where two families, the real ones and tethered ones, for example, meet. It's dialogue heavy but led with chilling uncouring hostility as though something awful is about to happen which is quite true of home invasions in general. They're terrifying because you don't Anything could go wrong any moment. And this movie in capital is that in way. something like... this first stranger's movie comes the same thing? But this movie will mess with you. Because as they say in Red Lair Media Review... You're wondering... Is this just going to be a home invasion movie? Thinking Jordan Peele... You can do a bit better than that? And man, he does. He drags the home invasion shit out... For as long as he possibly can. And then he just goes harsh as fuck. This movie feels like... You've entered Twilight Zone... As the nature of humanity and class is explored in detail, this is a movie which requires a lot of rewatches. There's a lot of themes inherent to this movie, in subtext and subtexts and texts and metatextuality that really would benefit from repeat watches. So, this view isn't necessarily going to be a concise, complete review. This is just my reaction to seeing it for the first time. I will say the one thing I don't like about this movie is the explanation. And say explanation is kind of the equivalent of um, why the last man did something similar, where they explained how things worked, but there's still an element of doubt. I mean, we're just getting one character's perspective, one character who, spoiler, swaps places. Essentially, Lou Peter in this movie is playing Abigail, I believe, and Red. But you find out at the end of the movie that the two kids swap, the one from Tethered swap places with the human one from the surface. So now we can't necessarily trust everything we've been told. It's all up in the air to a degree. And also we get the concept of identity, which is quite fascinating. And I will say, the other thing I don't, I'll go back to explanation, the other thing I don't particularly like, I won't say don't like, because that's the wrong thing, but with us, I caught Twists quite early on, and I don't, well, not like I'm a smart guy. I am, clearly, because I have two degrees and I'm drinking beer at 13 past 6 on Tuesday evening, recording my podcast, and maybe 10 people will listen to. You know? smart guy. But, you know, it's like I, I caught a twist early on, and I was glad, in a way, that the movie didn't try to fuck with me and tried to outthink me because... I'm quite learned in horror movies. I was glad it committed to the idea. Unlike the Marlon movie where the twist comes out of nowhere doesn't really make any goddamn sense. Like the bullshit he pulled in glass. Terrible Then Us commits to it and goes, you might guess it. That's fine. It felt like the equivalent of when you re-watch a movie and you see all clues coming in. I saw clues coming in throughout and went got to the ending. I thought like, that's pretty good. It's pretty cool. But Yaks explanation Nation talking about it might have been government responsible for this year. I don't like that per se. But at the same time it wasn't it did feel two ways. One like the Studio notes. so you can't blame Jordan Peel for that necessarily. And if it wasn't Studio Note, it felt like he was making concession by pointing out to a weird mythology of this universe and letting us know that things were a bit weirder here than in our present day. I mean, I won't say it falls apart the more you think about it, because it's up in the air a bit. But what I will say is that the best thing the movie does is have the veneer of creepiness with the tethered, um, so-called, because they're, they're shadows of the characters up on the surface, again, dealing with class. It it does a good job of the veneer of creepiness by not it's over-explaining what they are, what they're capable of we get hints of it here and there but movie all messes with us at the end by pointing out that we've been following it tethered for lack of a better word throughout the entire movie so theoretically they could morph in society and become people of substance the fact they aren't allowed to you no know, it's like there's no reason they couldn't and as um red says at the end of the movie if we both went to my parents they would have raised both of us Although that's kind of contradicted by how shitty her parents are at the, start of the movie, but it's, it's a nice idea. The um, fact that Tether the slight superhuman aspects. I kind of like in some guy because they portray as monst- <clears throat> monsters, but at the same time, I'm thinking some of the damage they take is a little bit lucrous. <sighs> One of my favourite parts of the movie, I like the... um. See the scene where kids get dropped on all the um the dog ganners of their friends' family. I thought that's quite cool. I love the homage to shining for the two creepy twins, um, not creep the two non tethered twins lying down, bloodied and shot full. Away. I thought that's quite cool. So some of the visual shots were very interesting. Um, Julian Peele's got good eye for horror. Criticisms, um, I think it's not a standout movie from first watch. I think Jordan Peel was going to something which might have a longer track record there. Um, the acting was fantastic. Winston Duke and Lupita are both excellent actors. Um, Elizabeth Moss did a really good job. The very slight character. She had some awesome stuff to work with. And she's a really good actress. So that's quite cool. And Kite's phrase, Kite's go in detail on this bullshit logic of everyone attacking Jordan Peele for not wanting to make movies with quote unquote, white leads. Firstly, he shouldn't have to fucking make movies white leads, because there's hundreds of movies out every month about fucking white characters. And is meant to be about exploring all cultures. So why should he have to make movies about white people when the two movies he's made about like starring, predomin- written by, and predominantly cast with black actors, of being f- amazing. Like, why the fuck we make white white movies? You know, like, he shouldn't have to do that. But at the same time, I do believe that more uh, more directors got stuff like people like Martin Scorsese and things that they should be cut, like, put in perspective, right? Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio is great in that movie, um, again, rock bad example, because that's actually, the character it's based on was white, so he might be a bad example, but at the same time, like, there's no reason Superman can't be played by a black man, black actor, no reason whatsoever, same James Bond, all reasons they produce are bullshit, because their idea of, like, the Eton class and all that shit, like, there's no reason, For example, Winston Duke couldn't play Superman. There's no reason whatsoever. In fact, he would do a fucking amazing job Superman. I mean, guy's a fucking beast of an actor. You know, amazing actor. And same thing for Lupita. Why can't Lupita... I mean, I know she's in Black Panther, but why can't she play fucking Carol Danvers? Carol Danvers doesn't have to be white. She's white because she's white in comic books, but she's white in comic books because they came along in periods where you had couldn't have that many black characters in comics like people talk about groundbreaking marvel and shit like that you know but they are groundbreaking in doing stuff like black panther in comic books but at the same time you the character of black panther was from a mythical african country called wakanda it's not like they're going to go oh this woman from new york uh, carol danvers oh she's black like there's no reason she couldn't be black in the movie except for the fact that they won't cast brie Larson and not knocking Brie Larson, but you know what I'm saying it doesn't have to be that way so sorry, tangent side um I think Jordan Peele is i this didn't give me the visual like um immediate affection that get out did. But it does give me a sense of this is going to be a definite grower of movie. It's going to be something I'm going to watch a fair bit when it comes out on Blu Ray, and DVD, and regain to long run. And I think it's a great, really good movie. Seeing it, seeing mind blowing. Um, the noise, the effects, the weird howling that Tether do. Oh shit, might shit's chilling, you know. So yeah, that's my review of us. Um spoiler heavy, I know, but hopefully you got something out of it, and I warned you enough about spoilers. So what's up next? Um paranormal activity next week. Um definitely going back to that. Um when I finish those ones, maybe George Romero dead movies, or maybe I'll do a season on Shudder. I think I've tried a month at some point where we do a mini review of a movie a day from the entire horror movie a day from the entire month. So yeah, maybe I'll be eight, maybe I'll be May. Who knows? Anyway. I am wrapping up for this week. This is Ing Austin saying, remember, life is beautiful and go see us. If you've seen us, go see us again. But remember, life is beautiful, that's an important thing. And I'm signing out.